Yes, I know. It's good to be together, amen? Y'all turn in your Bibles. Y'all quit clowning around. Turn your Bibles over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. It's just been a while, hasn't it? Since we read John chapter 1. And welcome home, Kathy. Since we read John chapter 1 and... Uh, John the Immerser said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We're singing about the Lamb. He is the Lamb of God. Is he not? Yeah. And we need him. We need him, the Lamb. We need him, the Lamb. Why do we need the Lamb? Because we're sinners. We need the atonement of God's promise. We need the, we need the fellowship and the satisfaction of God's purpose. We need uh, all that he affords us in that. And yet tonight in John chapter 10, in this picture that John gives us, he's not the lamb, is he? Isn't that interesting? Come over here with me and hold your finger there. Put your ribbon there. Come over here to Isaiah 53. It's a very familiar passage to us. Uh, I just commend it to you. It's, uh, it's all about God's servant. It's about God's purpose. really starts in 52. 13, a uh, bad chapter break. But come down here to verse 6 in Isaiah 53. And I, Isaiah says for God's ancient people, he said, We all, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. I mean, there we are. That's a little more information than we would like about our sin. It is something that happens to us, but it's a way that we went, that we chose to go. Uh, and I don't like being compared to a sheep. Jesus was. Bible doesn't say Jesus was a sheep. He said it was he was a lamb. Well, there's a difference. You know, there's a difference. All lambs are sheep. Not all sheep are lambs. And when we say lamb, we understand he's talking about sacrifice. He's talking about God's promise. He's talking about God's provision in regard to sacrifice. He's talking about God's provision in regard to those who have gone astray. There is a way back to God. We all like sheep have gone astray and each one of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so we have the idea of us being sheep 
and going astray and him being the lamb. You have all that right there in one verse. That's interesting. Now come with me while you're in your Old Testament over here to Psalm number 23. You reckon the Pharisees in Jesus' day, you reckon the Jewish leaders who kept trying to kill him, who refused to believe in him, you think they were familiar with Psalm 23? I think, I think every little Jewish kid learned Psalm 23 like they did most of the other psalms because they're rhythmical and you, you can sing them and you can chant them and, and most of all, you can understand them. And they paint these, they paint these pictures of life being real and being difficult and emotions overcoming us yeah but they also paint a picture of our God and for Israel it did Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures look at his sustenance that's Sheep don't live. They don't thrive without green pastures. Jesus said, I come that they might have life and have it to the full. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside quiet waters. Not just, well, if you're thirsty enough, you could get a drink out of that. No, sheep don't like violent water. They like quiet water. He leadeth me beside quiet waters, still waters, where it's natural, where it's where it's organic and life-giving for me to drink deeply. He's given us His Spirit, which has become in us a wellspring of life. That because of the quiet waters that He's led us by. We might share that quiet water with the world, a life-sustaining, life-giving water. This psalm, like the rest of it, as Luke would say, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalms, as he would record Jesus saying that in Luke 24, everything must be fulfilled. I commend to you Psalm 23. Bill read it to us Sunday. That's not a bad thing to read every time we're together. Amen? That's not a bad thing for us to read on a regular basis. Because it paints this picture of God. It paints this picture of the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, the promise-keeping God that came down and rescued and called his people for his purpose. And it paints a picture of God It's beautiful. It is profound. It, it, I'm intrigued. Are you intrigued that God writes poetry? Yeah. Jim, you ever written any poetry? 
Oh, I had a sneaking suspicion you might have. Well, I commend to you, brother. Find somebody you really love. Write them a poem. I commend that to you, Chuck. Uh, write that new grandson a poem. A poem about God. A poem about him. Well, what, what kind of things do you express with poetry? Well, why, why make things, you know, things that rhyme? I never heard this my entire life, I don't think, until I was married and my wife, uh, Lefty Lucy, Righty Tidy. Well, that rhymes. It's not poetry. It sort of is. Why? Well, that helped you a lot of times. You're stuck out in the mud and you need to get going again. And, I mean, there's a there's an axiom there that's well represented unless you used to drive some of the older Chrysler products and then <laughs> just depends on what side of the vehicle you're on. Uh, God writes poetry here. Doesn't he? He leadeth me beside quiet waters. He restoreth my soul. Does he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? The ETHs, I like the older versions of English for this particular reason, not because they try to be so specific and you lose the thought sometimes, but because older English is more specific than modern English. And when you have an ETH on an English verb, that means it's present perfect tense in English. Y'all know that? Talketh. That means you don't quit. You keep talking. We just say today, talking. Well, you don't really know if we started or quit or went. He restoreth. That's a continual thing. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me. It's a continual thing. Where is God leadeth you today? Because he keeps doing it. When he's the shepherd, he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. One of the best things the devil wants to do is take Christianity and turn it into an event that you accomplished. That's not who God is, and that's not what Christianity is. There is this daily, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I got so far, I don't even know if I went over, I did a go over. Did I miss anything here? No, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Why? Because I'm keep, I keep going astray. Now, there's a difference. Don't turn this into legalism. Don't, don't. But I, as long as I'm tempted, I keep messing up. I keep messing up. The gospel, the Jesus being my shepherd, is a continual call to me. Isn't it? Is he done with me? Is he still calling me? 
Do I need to know his voice now today as much as any time in my life? Maybe more. Maybe more. All this John 10, it's in there. We just hadn't read it yet. I'm just saying in your mind, your Bible right there by Psalm 23 might say uh, John 10. Over in Isaiah 53, 6, it probably does say John 10 right there beside it because mine does. John 10, John 1, 29, mine says that right there. Of course, that's because I wrote it in there. But I don't know if yours does. But that goes together, doesn't it? Jesus is the Lamb of God. But he's not a sheep. I am. And sheep, if they're going to survive, sheep are born trying to die. Right? How many of y'all raise sheep? At least when you, they're born trying to die. I never, I never had sheep. My dad was cowboy. We couldn't have sheep, but you know, always got to go with the ag teacher and never, you know, people always showing sheep and having lambs are having sheep and all that. And where, every time I help deliver sheep, they're trying. They're born trying to die. If you don't get them to see, sneeze and snuck out, if you don't clear out there, they'll suffocate right there. And then you pay attention to them all the time because every day they're trying to go get themselves into something and die. Now, sheep know my voice. Shepherds are not cowboys. They don't drive sheep. They herd sheep. They don't drive them. You drive cattle. You call sheep if you're a shepherd. We don't, we don't call sheep. Well... You don't, Jeff doesn't have to call his mules, but if you, if you moved to some far off spot and you could dump them mules out and you could holler and here they'd come, right? No, they would too. We call our dogs. No, they know your voice. They know that. They know some, I need to go. When I hear him, I need to go. We, we would just get high centered in whatever's overwhelming us. Not with him as our shepherd. Even though, yea, though I walk. See, I just learned this in King James. You know how I learned Psalm 23? Is my mom and dad always watching Amazing Grace Bible class on Sunday morning. Did any of y'all ever see that? They used to do it, no. Y'all probably didn't even have it here. It was from the... It's a church in Tennessee. I don't remember. Our North was the preacher there. And the whole congregation said this psalm together every Sunday morning before they started worship. And I learned it listening. And they read it out of King James slash American Standard back then. Uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death. I mean, this deal we're in, is this nip and tuck? This is, yeah. This is the valley in the shadow of death. You don't see clearly. It's a little, it's a little misleading. It's a little scary. Sometimes it's a lot scary. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil. Really? Really? Well, this is David, and he's a Jew under the law of Moses, and they had it really good, right? They didn't have it really good. The law was given through Moses. John would give, yeah. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth of this psalm. This is not something to pacify bored Israel. This is God Almighty saying, this is who I am, and this is you as my children. What you really are is sheep. You're more like sheep than you are children, unless you want to talk about disobedient children, and the prophets will do that real regular. But, but sheep, you, you just can't trust them to themselves. And he gives them this truth, this bedrock truth, and it condenses everything that God is offering them in himself even a thousand years before Jesus is born when David pins it. It offers Israel in a condensed version everything God is offering them. I will fear no evil. What happens if it shows up? I will not be afraid of it. What about when it's your fault? Mistakes don't bother me at all except the ones I make. Right? I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He just keeps on being with me. Right? Is this ours in Jesus? Uh Uh-huh. Is God with us? Brothers and sisters, he's within us. That's pretty well with us, right? I mean, that's, that's intimately and powerfully with us, right? Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In the middle of this life, when I've got enemies and I've got opposition and I've got suffering that I've caused, and there's all this stuff, even, even, even when my flesh is my own enemy. In the midst of all that, God sets a banquet and says, it will not overcome you. Turn back. Come back over here. I can't get, I've had this song in my head all day. Y'all, I don't, y'all don't know this song. For I am the Lord. Y'all know that song? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And the waves, they will not overcome you. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We got to learn that song. Come over here to Psalm 43. It's still written down, basically. I think this is the text. Nobody ever told me the text. I've never even seen the words written down. We just sing it at camp. 
Isaiah 43, but now this is what the Lord, this is what Yahweh, the promise-keeping God, the I am, he says, he who created you, O Jacob, are we created in Christ Jesus? Uh, Isaiah 43. Did I say Psalm 43? I am so sorry. You can't trust me any farther than you can throw me. I am so, I am sorry. I just said this so I quit thinking about it, but I think it's goes right with what we're saying anyway. There is, this, there is this invitation for you to take Psalm 23 personally. You're much more familiar with that text. Stick with that one. But come over here to Isaiah 43. If I could sing, I'd sing you the whole song. Uh, we'll learn it one of these days. But now this is what the Lord says. Isaiah 43. It's on page 1095. If you're looking for it. Or right right after Psalm 42 and just before Psalm 44. Um, Isaiah. Isaiah. Man, I can't get this out of my head. See, I told you, this is tough. Man, thanks, Paul. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. That's the blood of the Lamb, isn't it? For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. How deep is this going? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. How many of us are in some current right now? Deborah and I are talking about current today. I've been in current that wasn't even up to my front pockets. And it showed you real quick how weak you were. Because you don't think current that deep will sweep you off your feet. Yes, sir, it can. just depends on how fast it's moving because you will not stop it. No, he said that then. Mm -mm. No, the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This is based on God. This is, this is, this is the Psalm 23 in the sentiment of Psalm 23 in very intense language. You can come back over here to Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of mine enemies, even though the world is not going my way, even though I don't have everything figured out, even though I haven't, from, from some physical perspective, overcome every aspect of myself and every aspect of the things before me and in front of me, even though I make mistakes and forget things and mess stuff up and, and cost myself more misery than I don't know what. No, in the middle of all that, I have a feast prepared by God that says I am in his purpose, that I am in his fellowship. You anoint my head with oil. That is purpose and ownership. 
God always anoints in this day and age, always anoints at least three kinds of people, prophets, priests, and kings. All three of those have specific mandated purpose from God. God's purpose in them will triumph. Their lives are dedicated. Their, their, their standing is secure. Their purpose is eternal and, and backed up by God. You anoint my head with all. It says belonging. He owns those people that he anoints. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. There is no measurement of, of God's blessing. It is just overflowing. Do we feel blessed? Yeah, I'm trying to talk us into putting the spiritual above the physical. Because there are just going to be times in this world where it's not going to look like or feel like that I am spiritual, I am physically and emotionally blessed. There's just going to be times, there's going to be waves of this life that are going to sweep over me. They will not destroy me. My redemption will stand secure. I'm not going to overthrow my shepherd. My shepherd is the one on whom I am depending. My cup overflows. How much is that? It, there's immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, Paul said, Ephesians 3. There, there's... Here's the conclusion. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that, that is a, a beautiful, poetic expression of God being for his people who he is. So when we're back over here in John chapter 10, don't think everybody Jesus is talking to doesn't know that psalm word for word. They do. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate climbs in by some other way. I mean, that right there would tell you. If he belonged in there, he'd come by the gate and the watchman had let him in. But climbs in by some other way. He's a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman, he opens the gate for him. This is, he pictures a time when lots of sheep are gathered together in one pen and there's a watchman over them. He's standing the gate and then the shepherd comes. They've had them all together in one big pen for sharing or whatever. And the shepherd comes to get his sheep and to take them out. So they can go with him, so they can find pasture, so they can find quiet waters, all those things. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Does that not sound like Isaiah 43? It's Israel's worst time, one of their worst times in history, 8th century B.C., when Isaiah writes that. Israel's got more money than they ever have. They live in, in opulence. They got more land than they've ever had. 
It's their worst time. They're rejecting their God for themselves. God rescues out of that. My sheep listen, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought them out, all his own, all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. It's an illustration. But they did not understand what he was telling them. So, they didn't understand what he was telling them. Where's their faith going? You think they're going to get a plus sign or a minus sign right here? And they don't understand. They're not hearing. They're not hearing what he's saying and what he's offering. Why? Lots of reasons. What are we hearing? Not just in this little section, but in the Gospel of John so far. What what are we hearing? What is this message? Where is his voice for us? Does this impact us? This this brings us to him, doesn't it? It brings us to him and it leaves us with him if we can hear it. He leadeth me, he feedeth me, he giveth me to drink. Sometimes I can't hear it. He's offering it. He's offering it. So give me something, give me something out of his voice. Give me, give me, give me anything. I don't care. I'm I'm just opening up. Go ahead, brother. I was gonna say the the Pharisees and practicing Jews were all relying on what they had made their religion and how they practiced it. Didn't have anything to do with what God's provision was or what Jesus offered them. All about me and what I'm doing. See? I mean, is that a bad question? How am I doing? Okay. Instead of I, I put we. How are we doing? How are we doing? Is this this not a good thing? 
Every, every new calendar year, I put my spells specifically. I try to start in December. But I ask myself this repeatedly. I try to ask myself this repeatedly anyway. And those times, those times when I think I'm, I'm doing well, then, oh, shoot. It seems like this is encouraging, but at times where I'm not doing so well, I don't like asking the question. I don't like asking the question. It depends on why. Why are you asking the question? The why, because that gives us what? What's the why in this question? It's the motive behind it. Am I I checking in to see, am I still listening? Jadon, are you still listening? Are you still still taking what he's saying and and trying to hear it and realizing that he's going to call you to absolutely impossible things in this life and he's going to call you again and again to quit looking to yourself and leaning on yourself and trying to satisfy yourself and pacify yourself and all of this. What's more important for the sheep? The sheep or the shepherd? Back to the illustration. Who's the important one? The sheep are never going to live above the blessing of the shepherd. It's an impossibility. You got a sorry shepherd, you're going to have a bunch of dead sheep. There ain't no way around it. Because they're dependent and they cannot. They'll follow each other and it won't be to life. How am I doing? The real question is, am I listening, right? That's the real question because what's the job of a sheep? To do real well on their own? To get to where they can, they can, they can finally get organized and effective enough they can get rid of the shepherd. Is that the object of a sheep? Is that the purpose of a sheep? What's the, what's the number one job of a sheep? Listen. Listen. Hmm. That's interesting. Listen. And they listen to the shepherd and they follow the shepherd. And then as a natural course of action, just think literally in regard to sheep. What do sheep do? They make more sheep. The natural process of listening to the shepherd. Sheep don't go. They don't go. How am I doing? Am I making enough sheep? That's a stupid question. The question is not, am I making enough sheep? The question is, am I listening? Am I listening? Now, these are all just illustrations, so don't get 
You got figures. Don't get them mixed up. When we get to John 15, and he talks about bearing the fruit, we've got a vine. Who's connected to the vine? All the branches. Who are the, who are the disciples in the illustration? Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, my father prunes it, right? So in regard to the vine, what's the natural course of a branch? Oh, that's the important thing for a branch, isn't it? Stay connected because if they stay connected... What will they do? Bear fruit. Now, this is a trick question. Just a second, bro. I'm coming back to you. This is a trick question. What's the fruit of a branch? What's the fruit of a branch? Jesus said, I'm the vine. Here's an illustration. They are walking through vineyards as he's saying this, stepping on, guess what they throw in a turn row? All the dead branches, and then what's left over, they'll burn. But they're walking through these vineyards, and he said, my father is the gardener. I am the vine, the true vine. We'll look at why he says true vine, but I'm the true vine, Abide in me and I will abide in you. And whoever remains in me and abides in me and stays connected to me will bear much fruit. I'm just asking the objective question, what's the fruit of a branch? What's the fruit of the branch or what's fruit? What's the branch's purpose? Well, what is the branch's purpose? To bear what? So what's the purpose of a branch? If it doesn't accomplish its purpose, the gardener will cut it off and throw it in the fire. So what's the purpose of a branch? To bear fruit. Follow me? Okay. Well, in the illustration, what's the fruit of a branch? It's what? Mm, you're warm, but it's not to produce another vine. And that's what seed would do. There's only one true vine. We're just branches. And we're supposed to bear fruit. In the illustration, they're walking through vineyards. Have y'all ever been to a vineyard? Has anybody in here ever had a great... Has uh, anybody ever had a vine that had branches that branches that were connected to a vine and they bore fruit. Well, what was the fruit on those branches? Grapes. That's the fruit of a branch is grapes. The fruit of a branch is not another branch. Huh. That's interesting, isn't it? That's called a shade tree. The gardener that has shade tree has a vineyard. Vineyards exist for one purpose. It's not seeds. It's grapes. So there's a fruitfulness here. Branches produce grapes, not other branches. 
Who produces the branches? The vine. We just stay connected to the vine and then we bear fruit, which is what the father wanted. It's why he had a vineyard. In the, it is an illustration. So I'm saying reproducing ourselves is a good thing if you're following the illustration of sheep. But reproducing ourselves in John 15, well, he will say in the end that they're friends. And so friends can make other friends, but branches are not to make other branches. They're to make grapes. So now, go ahead, brother. Sorry, I got, I should, we shouldn't even went to the, I'm just, I said that about sheep, and I didn't want you to get the wrong idea. I didn't want you to get the wrong idea. Go ahead. Going back to the question about how am I doing, uh, it's more about how is my relationship with the shepherd or the father. Because if a sheep listens to the shepherd, then what does the sheep get to do? If they don't hear the shepherd... Where are they going? They get lost. Nowhere. They get lost. On their own. They're going astray. They're going astray because they're going on their own. If they're not listening, they're going to go on their own. But when they hear his voice, am I listening? When I hear his voice as a sheep with a shepherd, what do I do? Follow. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. How does he leadeth me? How do shepherds lead sheep? Bill, Alan. They call them by name. I don't know how many of them are fluffy, but he's calling them by name. No, they know. They know. Is that an intimate connection here? I'm sorry. I, please forgive me for getting sidetracked. I'll work on forgiving myself. I mean to get sidetracked with the... I'm just saying, if we'll give our attention to listening, the reproduction and the fruit will come. And don't always think that fruit is me producing another Christian. Fruit is when Alan sins against me and I just look him in the eye and love him. Okay. Okay. What is that? That's fruit. Where'd that come from? The vine. Where'd that kind of fruit come from? The shepherd. I don't have to, I don't have to try to take Alan's food from him. Why? I'll just follow the shepherd. We all going to eat. We're all going to drink. What else is the shepherd giving? He gives, he, gives, he gives green pastures and quiet waters. Oh, I left out. I don't think I, I think I did. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Doesn't always feel good. It's protection, isn't it? That goes to his idea about I am the gate. You know why you get in a pen? Protection. You know why you have a shepherd? Protection. I'm not always going to enjoy that, am I? Bonk, right there on the top of the head. Quit biting that other sheep. What are you doing? We're not, that's not, you're not helping the flock here. Whack. 
Now that same, that same staff that whacks me on the head or keeps me out of a briar patch or out of a hole in the ground or a cliff I'm trying to run over, the same staff that stops me or corrects me is the same staff that whatever's coming after me is going to have to deal with. And wolf don't want no part of that staff. And Jesus said, when a wolf shows up, I ain't leaving. Don't worry. I'm not paid to be here. I'm here on purpose. This is my purpose. So, if that muddled it all up, where is we're, is we're looking at the Gospel of John? Has anybody got anything that's, that's just cool to you, that's helpful to you about Jesus? Are you hearing anything about Jesus that you want to follow? Are you, are you hearing anything about Jesus that lets you know, man, when I'm following him, that's it. He's the one trying to feed me. He's the one trying to sustain me. He's the one to try to, that's, that his purpose is to keep me alive for his purpose. I'm not afraid. Yes, sir? See, go over there. Go over there to Philippians chapter four. Since you mentioned it, we'll even start in about verse four, maybe. Well, where I was going with this question, how am I doing? Don't let that question. I'm not against me asking that question every now and then. I'm not against you asking that question. But that's not the point. There's no sustenance here in how you're doing. The sustenance comes from the shepherd. Thus, that's the connection with the vine and the branches. The sustenance for the branch comes from the vine. The sustenance from the sheep comes from the shepherd, not an evaluation of self or fellow sheep. I'm evaluating the shepherd. I'm trusting the shepherd. I'm following the shepherd. Now, other sheep that are listening to the shepherd and following him, that naturally helps me because sheep do what? Not much anything by themselves. They just go where the other ones are going. Good. So are you there? Philippians 4. Starting about verse 4 maybe, brother. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Does that sound like Psalm 23 in about one sentence? That's all the specifics of Psalm 23, isn't it? Rejoice in the shepherd, always. He doesn't quit being a shepherd. He's not going to quit being a shepherd. Jesus is offering the illustration to the people, I am the shepherd. God's been talking about that for over a thousand years at the point when he says that. And Jesus' point is, I am the fulfillment of Psalm 23. I am the sole reason. I'm the sole reason of why a murderer and an adulterer is not left to himself. That's the man who wrote the psalm, by the way. 
There's no sacrifice for those. There's not a lamb. There's not a lamb sacrifice in the Old Testament for murder and adultery. And David said, I'm the man. And he wrote four psalms to explain that, I think. 32, 51, 103, and 116. And he explains the magnificence of God having some way that he doesn't understand or he doesn't know, but he trusts God to rid him of his greatest enemy, which is his sin. And he... He trusted God to shepherd him right out of that situation. Now, if he'd have trusted him, if he'd have trusted him beforehand, he wouldn't have had the situation. I'm sorry, so is he. He wrote four Psalms to explain it. But when he sought the shepherd, when he willingly took the staff and the rod, if I got to be stoned, when Nathan tells him what he did, and David said, you bring that guy here, he will suffer punishment, death. He will be put to death. Nathan said, that's interesting, because guess what? I'm talking about you. The waves and the water and the flames, it will not overcome you. Your sin will not overcome you. Listening to the shepherd's voice. See, up here, if you're just going to try to find the sin and, and list it and condemn it, you're not listening. Jesus is not our shepherd for no reason. He is our shepherd to lead us through whatever we face, the valley and the shadow of death. And I don't care if it's your fault and you did it. No, he's leading us. He's guiding us. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Shepherd of God, God's sheep for God. And he's something. He will not leave you to yourself. He will not leave you on the barren heights that, that you've created emotionally and physically and all. He's not going to leave you there. He is going to help you. He is going to comfort you. He is going to do what shepherds do. And he said, if you had a decent shepherd at all, and he had a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. Remember Luke 15? And he said, it's not just Jesus understood this. And I, oh, we never heard of that. Everybody standing there said they knew exactly what would happen. And you got one that's over here, and, and he's about to perish in the way. What's a shepherd going to do? Leave the 99 and go look for it. Jesus said, when he finds it, he will take it and drag it by the hind leg no, he does not. He will lift it up and put it on his shoulder. 
We're like, well, if you'll do a good enough job walking back to the sheep flock over here, we'll, we'll see. The shepherd not interested in any time of approval. The shepherd is interested in proving himself shepherd. He's interested in the sheep, and the sheep needs the shepherd to be the shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. Can you leave the flock? If you want to, all you got to do Now, I don't know if our other sheep are going to let you do that, but all you got to do is quit listening. I really don't even know if I'd work, but I guess if you just thought you had to, you could try it. But I'm not looking for a way out from under the shepherd, are you? No. Somewhere in that, brothers and sisters, I hope we find encouragement. I'm sorry if that's a little disjointed. What I didn't want us to do with this text is just read through it and tag stuff like we've always done. I just wanted us to try to hear it and hear its message and, and know for sure that this message is what John promised I wrote this letter to tell you about the light that shines into darkness. And when we become sheep that are protected and sustained by the shepherd, man, we just think everybody ought to belong to him, right? Because he's awesome, yeah? Everybody needs a table prepared in the presence of their enemies. Everybody needs to be able to walk through the valley and the shadow of death with no fear of evil, whether it's committed against them or by them. I'm going to keep listening to the shepherd. We're going to get right through the valley. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father in heaven, we love you, Father, for who you are. We thank you for Jesus, who is the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd, and he is. And he protects, and he sustains, and he guides, and he leads the flock of God, the family of God. It is but an illustration, Father, but it is, it is rich. It is rich in information and sentiment and, and encouragement we're not trying to see how far from the shepherd we can get. We're not trying to see how far away we can go and still hear his voice. We're just trying to listen, Father. And I know sometimes we distract ourselves, and we're sorry for that. Sometimes we let the world distract us, and we're sorry for that. But honestly and truly, Father, we are not, we're not confused about who's trying to love us and who's trying to help us and who's trying to lead us and who's trying to guide us because that would be the very one who paid the very price that we might belong to God, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who is the same Jesus, who is the good shepherd. Help us, Father, to 
benefit from these things. Help us to hang on to these things. Help us, Father, to to be able to articulate these things to ourselves when we need to hear them on a daily basis. And when, Father, in life we have opportunity to find wandering and scared and frightened lambs who need protection and sustenance and a shepherd who will love them and guide them and help us, Father, to be able to be willing to tell them about our shepherd, the good shepherd. Thank you, Father, for your people here. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the power and the compassion and the concern of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is through him, it is by his name, by his name, the name, Father, by which you have owned us and bought us. It is by that name that we pray these things now. Amen. Peace.